So we come to uh, the third letter of John. I'm really pleased that, um, that we're doing this passage. It's a kind of coming at an interesting moment in church life. And uh, last time that we were in the letters of John, um, we, we were looking really at the, the false teachers who had crept into the life of the church. That was the focus. The people who were coming and they weren't teaching the truth. The third letter of John is a bit different from that because it's about people who are orthodox in their belief, and they would be seen as being the good guys. And I've entitled this talk, A Tale of Four People, which if you followed the passage closely, you might be thinking, that's interesting, four people. We'll come to that near the end. But it is a letter written by John. We're not sure where the church was. It was was being sent to somewhere in Asia Minor, modern Turkey, maybe between 85 and 95 AD, something like that. But it's a very personal letter. Uh, It names three people, and it talks about, at the end of it, it says, say hello to everyone by name. John knew this church. He knew the people in this church by name. That's a precious thing. It's precious when your name is used when people address you. As you get older, maybe you forget names. I, I'm at the stage in life where I, I go somewhere and someone comes up to me and said, hello, I used to be in your church 35 years ago. Do you remember me? I, and it's kind of precious thing. If you've got a good memory and you're able to remember uh, names, it's a really good thing. You need to rehearse that and uh, make sure that you use that skill. Uh, to help you remember. And John, obviously, is affectionate towards the people uh, in this church that he's writing to. But he's writing to them to both encourage them, but also warn them. And it's a kind of appropriate um, letter for us to be reading uh, as we get ready for the next stage of church life and individual life. I think I've been impressed. Uh, it's been, the Lord has impressed upon me. This is a good passage to be looking for St. Thomas's to be thinking about. So let's get into it. Let's dig into it. And if last week was about the, looking at the truth in action, let's just say that this is about what love in action is going to look like in the church. What does that look like? So we have these three individuals who happen to be men that are mentioned here. And the first one is this man called Gaius. Now, Gaius has one particular thing that stands out about him. One really significant thing that stands out and is important to him. And, and it's this, it is that he is generous. He's known as being a generous person. He gives and gives and gives and gives. A very important witness um, that he is to other people. He is able to share what he has been given. John writes, about him. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Gaius was someone who had obviously come to faith and was still walking on the truth. It is the most exciting thing when you hear that someone has, is still walking with the Lord. I heard um, two Sundays ago, the first Sunday of the, of the year when I wasn't so well, I, got, I, I got started getting pinged messages on the Saturday night before the Sunday, saying, don't know if you'll be free, but would you be free to come to service tomorrow night? Because my son, who you dedicated 18 years ago, is being baptized. And it would be lovely if you were there. And it was, you know, I was feeling a bit low, but it was so exciting to hear this news that when we dedicated this wee boy, 
uh, we prayed for him that he would come to a living faith himself, that he would come to know Jesus and follow Jesus and walk with Jesus. And it just lifted my spirits just to hear that God, who is always faithful, has been faithful to this family. The mum was so excited that her son was being baptized. And it was just an encouragement to me that something that I had been involved in just a little bit on that, on that little boy's journey, that the Lord had proved faithful and had led him to faith. It is so exciting. I look forward in the years to come to hear how you're all still work, walking with the Lord, or maybe even going to be with the Lord. That will be, there will be encouragement in hearing of your walk with the Lord. And John writes about that very powerfully. Gaius was still walking with the Lord. He was a generous person who was walking with the Lord. You're faithful in what you're doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. He was welcoming people who were coming to share the gospel and to minister God's word to them. They've told the church about your love. So generous was he. When people went to visit, they always talked about Gaius. See that guy, Gaius? He is just so generous. He opens his home. He welcomes people. He feeds people. He makes them feel quite at home. They've told the whole church about your love. You do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. So he is someone who is generous. He's full of balance. We read about that in verses 4 and verses 6. He wants to do the right thing. He wants to support people. He's someone who is faithful, and he's someone with a big heart. That's what comes out in these passages, in these verses. Verse 8, we ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. And one of the things that's at the heart of the life of Jesus at work in his church is that God's people are hospitable and welcoming. We see that in the life of Gaius. It makes an impact on people when we open our lives, when we share our lives with the people that come to us, that the Lord brings to us, that we are people of welcome, a generous people of welcome. That's who Gaius is. That's just in his DNA. And I long to be part of a church where that is just what we do. We're just a welcoming, hospitable people who welcome people in, make them part of our church family very, very quickly. We don't hold them at bay. We just have open arms and say, you're welcome here. Whatever your background, whatever you've done, wherever your life has gone wrong, you belong here. This church is for you. That's what Gaius, I think, modeled so beautifully. So I look forward to hearing about the hospitality and the generosity of St. Thomas's in the coming years. So there's Gaius, generous, full of balance, faithful, big-hearted, generous. But then we have this man with the difficult name, Diotrephes. Now Diotrephes is a different kettle of fish because you, I don't know what you felt as uh, Alison was reading a, a, about Diotrephes for us. I don't know what you thought about him, but he doesn't come over at all well. Did you notice this? Did you kind of pick that up? But the interesting thing, or one of the most interesting things about Diotrephes is, Diotrephes wasn't a false teacher like the guys that we read about in the second letter of John. He wasn't coming and teaching untruth. He probably was totally orthodox in his teaching. So on the outside, he probably looked like the real deal. He probably looked like the, the real thing. And people would have gone, Diotrephes, he's one of the church leaders. We ought to respect him. 
But John writes of Diotrephes not in a really positive way. He's a divisive person. He causes division in the body of Christ. We read about him in all sorts of ways, the things that he gets up to. He's self-willed, the first part of verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. Boy, what a testimony that is. Diotrephes, I wrote to the church, I wanted to communicate, but Diotrephes didn't, want, didn't let me have any say. He doesn't want anything to do with us. And he's selfish, he's self-willed. He wants to be first all the time. Ever experienced that in church where someone wants to be first? Look at me. Look at me. I'm up front. Look at me. Look at me. It's very not. Church can attract narcissistic people. You know that word? Where the world revolves around them. Everything's got to revolve around them. They want to be seen to be up front. They want to be seen to be the leader or a leader. It's one of the things when you're selecting leaders... That person who wants to be up front all the time, who, needs to, who doesn't just want to be up front, needs to be up front, probably stay away from that person. That's what Diotrephes was like. He loved to be first. He was rebellious as well in the second part. He will have nothing to do with us. Here's John, the elder John, who is the spiritual authority. He's like the bishop. And Diotrephes is saying, I want nothing to do with the bishop. I don't want to be under spiritual authority. I want to go my own way and do my own thing. One of the things that he does is he's not only rebellious, he's also a slanderer. So verse 10, we read this about him. So if I come, I will call attention to what he's doing. Notice this, gossiping maliciously about us. He's talking about us in a really negative way. Now, let me suggest that gossiping about people maliciously is probably quite a bad thing to be doing. Are we in agreement? But in the world that we are in today, everybody feels that they have freedom to gossip maliciously about people. There's this thing, you may have heard about it, I don't know, there's this thing called the internet. Have you heard of it? And you, all sorts of people think, I can go on to Facebook or X or whatever and say anything I like about anybody, even ministers of the gospel feel that they can go and say all sorts of evil things about people that they don't know. Even this week, people have been in my orbit who have been talking about other clergy, senior clergy, in a really negative way publicly. And it's relentless and relentless and relentless and relentless. And it's sub-Christian and it is of Diotrephes. That's exactly what Diotrephes, Diotrephes, if he was alive now, he would be a nightmare. Because he would go, the internet, wow, I can, I can really have a go at the Apostle John, at the Elder John. I can really publicly tear him down. He's a slanderer. He's also ungracious, the second part of verse 10. He's, uh, he's ungracious, not satisfied with that. He refuses to welcome the brothers, those who are coming to minister sent by John. He re, he's not gracious enough to welcome them in. And he abuses his power also. In that verse, he stops those who want to come. So Diotrephes, although he probably taught well, he's probably a good preacher, was a rubbish person. He was a, a, an orthodox teacher, but he was a rubbish personality. 
You can spot diotrophies in the midst of the church. Shall I give you 10 points? 10 ways to spot diotrophies when he turns up in church. If you're ever interviewing for a new minister, these are things to watch out for. Okay? 10 things, very quickly. How to spot diotrophies. Number one, they talk too much. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I've got this wrong, haven't I? They talk too much about themselves. You know, it's all about me. Uh, they've got a critical spirit. They, 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 they tear people down. They don't build people up. They're just critical of everything. They're negative. They take sides. Sides for the people that they like against people that they're not so sure of or people that aren't supportive of them. They're people who think that they could do better than the current leadership of the church. I'd do a better job than them. They're rebellious in their attitude. They don't submit to the authority that's been placed over them. They focus on their group. They have a little clique that is their group and they build things around them and they're only concerned about them. They argue endlessly over minor details, things that don't really matter, but they get upset about things that in the grand scheme of things don't really matter, but they use those little things as a power base for them to operate from and to wind other people up. It's important we do things like this and do it my way. They take it personally when they don't get their own way or they're criticized. They don't give up, or they don't let the criticism go. They hold on to it, they maybe harbor it, and they certainly don't accept any uh, thing not going their own way. They hold on to positions of control and authority for as long and as heavily and as strongly as they possibly can. They're not going to give up any control that they have. And then lastly, when new people turn up, when new people arrive, like these guys that are arriving that John has sent, they said, no way are we letting you in to do stuff. Who do you think you are? I'm the boss here. You see, that's what he was. Diotrephes thought he was the boss. You know how people talk about churches? If you're the minister of a church, people will say, so tell me about your church. When you meet people, they say, Dave, tell me about your church. And folk will say, Dave McCarthy's church. Or whoever. And of course, the reality is that no congregation belongs to anybody. It doesn't belong to the minister and certainly doesn't belong to any individual. But some people will try to make it so that it belongs to them. That is the diotrophies effect. Watch out for it. Watch out for it in your own heart. Watch out for it in the heart of anybody who comes to you. So watch out for diotrophies. There's a third person who's mentioned. And that person is Demetrius. We don't know much about Demetrius, but we read about him um, in verses 12 and 13. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him and you know what our testimony, that our testimony is true. So here's Demetrius, who we don't know much about, but people spoke well of him. In other words, he was reputable. So what you have here is the, uh, you have Gaius and you have Demetrius kind of showing what verse 11 is all about. Verse 11 says this, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is, e what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. So when John writes that, he's thinking about the good that he sees in Gaius and the good that he sees in Demetrius. And sandwiched in the middle is Diotrephes. Don't go there. Don't be Diotrephes. Diotrephes, bad. Gaius, Demetrius, good. Be Gaius, be Demetrius. 
have a good name among people. Be reputable like Demetrius. Let people speak well of you. Let your life be so consistent that people know that you can be relied upon, that you are someone who is faithful and kind and generous and loving. So John is very carefully, this letter is carefully crafted to point people to how we should live a life of love. And right at the heart of it, there is the fourth person who is mentioned here. Did you notice the fourth person? You read about the fourth person in verse 7. And the fourth person is described like, like this. The name. Did you notice this? The folk who went out in the name. It was for the sake of the name that they went out. And the name, of course, is Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus. He's at the heart of all of this. He should be at the heart of the church. You see, if Diotrephes could only get over himself and let Jesus be the one who's in charge rather than him being the one that was in charge, that he would be a better person, the church would be a better community. That's who John is pointing to. Right at the heart, almost right at the middle of this letter is the name. I love this morning, the name kept coming up in the hymns. I don't know if that was deliberate or not when you were planning the, the songs this morning, but the name kept coming up in the songs. If you look back on it, the Lord has been at work in our midst preparing this service to point to the Lord Jesus, that he would be exalted. And he, that's the key in all of this. Are we going to be the kind of church, are we going to be the kind of people where Jesus, the name high over all, is at the heart of our life? That he is our focus, that our desire is not that we should be platformed, but that he should be platformed. So when we come to church on a Sunday, we ask the question, who's going to be elevated today? Is it the minister, is it the musicians, or are we going to raise Jesus, raise the roof for Jesus and focus on him? There's another question here, and the question is this, do you know the name? Do you know the name of Jesus? My friend who contacted me about that baby boy who was dedicated all those years ago, who's just declared his own faith, his own following of Jesus, and has got baptized, has made that decision to follow Jesus who died for his sins and rose again so that he might live forever with Jesus. Do you know that Jesus? Are you following that Jesus? Do you know the name? Is he at the heart of who you are? Have you surrendered your life to him? Are you prepared to walk with him and to let him be the one who's in charge? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that John wrote this letter to Gaius. And we thank you, Father, that, that these men that we read off, in all their weakness and frailty, there was still faithfulness and love. We pray for ourselves that we would be like Gaius and Demetrius, that we would be generous and reputable, that we would be consistent in how we live, that you'd give us a big heart for other people. Protect this church from diotrophies, the diotrophies effect. May our desire be to see you lifted up the name of Jesus lifted high in this place and in our lives. And Father, pray for anyone today who is unfamiliar with the name of Jesus, anyone who's here or watching online, 
who's yet to put their trust in him. Maybe someone who's feeling a bit lost in life. Maybe someone who's feeling, carrying a burden of guilt, decisions that have been bad ones that have led to a dark place. Father, would you come in the power of your Holy Spirit and bring conviction of sin and assurance of your love and help them to turn to you now and help them to know the, not just the name of Jesus, but the person of Jesus, and to know the glorious freedom that you want us all to walk in. So come Holy Spirit, help us to be the church and the people that you've called us to be, for we ask it in the wonderful name of our Savior Christ. Amen.